Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Everyday Growth Podcast with your host, me, Anthony J. Here we search out for individuals who have had growth in one way or another during their lifetime. Guys, my next guest, I do consider him a really good friend, but he's almost my little brother, and I can definitely call him that. Guys, my good friend Josh Pierce is on the other side of, of this computer on this podcast today, and I have interviewed Josh before on my podcast, and I have been on his podcast. We've gone back and forth. We've known each other for almost a year, if not a little bit over a year now, I think we're going. He could probably correct me on that. He probably knows the exact date because he's better at that shit than I am. But guys, please welcome, community, please welcome Josh Pierce, brother. How the hell are you doing? Happy New Year, man. Yeah, Happy New Year. Thanks a lot for having me. Everybody that's listening, how are you guys all doing today? I'm happy to be here. I'm, as Anthony mentioned, we've been good friends now for, gosh, 14 months. You know, we, we met virtually October of 2018 when we had both gotten certified to become nutrition coaches and um, became just very well connected since we shared some personal stories. And I think that's where the bond really started to form was when I shared my personal story about having lost my brother to suicide and you having shared a personal story of yours. And, you know, we both found that common ground with a passion for mental health and, and suicide awareness and all of that. So that's kind of what pulled us close. And then of course our ongoing interest for, nutrition and health and just living your best life has really been what's kind of kept us together and, and really brought you into my close circle of friends. So I'm really honored to be here on your show and, and uh, honored to call you a friend, man. Yeah, man, I think, I think you really hit the nail on the head there. It's one of those things like we just kept going and going and going and growing together. And I think that's the biggest thing is like finding someone that you can do that and you can grow together. And like you and I have never skipped a fucking beat, dude. Like since we've met, man, it's just been like, go, 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 go. You make time to hit me up. You make time to give me a call. I call you back. We kind of schedule times here and there a couple times a month to talk and kind of recap of what the hell's going on. Or if you ever need help, or I ever need help or a shoulder are crying. And I think that's the, that's the biggest thing we can talk about today. And that's definitely what we're going to talk about today. Community is a whole lot of things where you need to be leaning on some, some really powerful and important people in your life. And you need to have those people around you. And I think that's the biggest thing, man. And I know guys, Josh just touched base about it. And if you don't follow Josh, please follow Josh on Instagram and go to his, um, his podcast also. And Josh, did you get a chance to tell your story a little bit about your brother on your own podcast? Uh, yes. So there's an episode, gosh, a while back where I had a chance to share that. Um, I'll have to, I'll share the episode link in, in the show notes, or maybe Anthony can share it in his show notes. Um, but for everybody that's listening, we're going to, we're doing something a little bit different with this episode in that Anthony and I both have our own podcasts. We both have extremely powerful stories when it comes to mental health and suicide. Um, mine is more of a, uh, third party story, you know, having experienced suicide from, you know, it, my, my brother committed suicide and his story is more of a first person story. So, um, having a chance to connect and overlap. We wanted to bring something special to you guys and I uh, want to drop this. Actually, this episode is going to be released on the Fit to Be Fierce podcast as well, while Anthony releases it on the Everyday Growth podcast. But uh, we're going to do something very special here where Anthony's going to share his story publicly for the first time on his own podcast. And, and if you've been listening to the Fit to Be Fierce podcast for a while now, you know and are familiar with Anthony Guzzo. He shared his story last fall. Very powerful story, very moving episode. So it's an opportunity for him to get that story out on his own media platform for the very first time. So very excited about that. Um, as Anthony mentioned, I did mention a little bit about my personal story. I am the oldest of three uh, siblings, I guess. So I was 22. My brother was 20. 
we were the best of friends. We grew up together two years apart, had all of the same friends and just um, ended up going to the same college together. So again, we shared a lot of the same friends. We partied together. I was the older brother who you know, he would come over and, and I had the party house. So he'd come visit me in college and bring his friends over. And it was a really great time. We became very, very close over the years. And to the point where he was my best friend, uh, March of 2011, out of the blue, my brother committed suicide. And it was, it was a complete shock to the family, to his friends, to everybody involved, to everybody that knew him, because this was a man who just hundreds of friends, the biggest smile, he could light up a room with just his presence. You would never imagine anything was going on with Tyler. And, you know, deep down inside, there was something wrong. There was something very wrong because he got to the point where he felt life wasn't worth it anymore, where he felt this world was better off without him. And, and of course, there are a lot of unanswered questions with that, being the older brother, not knowing why, not knowing what was so bad you couldn't come to me. All of those questions continue to burn inside of me uh, eight, nine years later. And it, it, I can say it doesn't get easier. It definitely gets uh you learn how to deal with it better but it doesn't get easier and and gosh i'm torn between does it feel like it just happened yesterday or does it feel like it's been ages since it happened and and i have that feeling where it's both it really feels like it happened yesterday it really feels like it's been more than 10 years you know it's crazy um but it it was something that really took us by surprise me as the older brother my my younger sister of course completely shocked. And then my parents, you know, wondering as a parent, where did you go wrong? What was it you did? You know, I, I can't even imagine what my parents felt having to deal with that. So um, something that my family banded together to do is we formed Tyler's team foundation and team is an acronym for together. Everyone achieves more. And it's a local community, Southern or local organization in Southern Wisconsin, nonprofit. Um, the most, our mission is to promote suicide awareness through uh, community initiatives. So we're doing everything we can to get mental health initiatives, suicide awareness initiatives, and even just positive, just positivity in the local school system and the local communities. So that's something that we've been doing. This is actually our 10th year. We're going on our 10th year with Tyler's Team Foundation or our 10th year doing these charitable acts. Um, Tyler's Team Foundation was actually founded a couple years after that happened, but we had been doing the charity for a few years and and yeah this year will be our 10th year putting money and resources back into the community for something so strong so special so powerful as suicide and mental health awareness so that's kind of the cliff notes of my story if you want the full story uh, go check out my podcast episode fit to be fierce podcast i'm not sure which episode it is but we're going to drop it in the show notes so you can take a listen and uh but i want to turn this over to my man anthony here because uh his story is pretty, pretty powerful. And it's something, you know, when he, when he came onto the fit to be fierce podcast to share his story for the first time, it made me cry, made me tear up and cry. Um, of course he got extremely emotional. So, um, I want you all to bear with us here as we, as we dive in this story and, and hopefully give you something and hopefully touch you in a way that creates some positive impact, whether you're someone who's at home struggling yourself or, you know, somebody who is, I hope that you take something positive away from this. And, and maybe it is just the understanding that you're not in this alone, that whatever you're feeling, someone else is feeling it too. And this world is not out, again, out to get you. So uh, without further ado, Anthony. 
ready to, yeah, ready thanks, to share sir. your story? Yeah, man. Thank you so much for that, dude. That's just uh, got me got me shaking a little bit just hearing you, man. And thank you so much for sharing that one again. And uh, we could probably recap on this every uh, every couple of months just to keep putting it out there for people to understand like really what's going on and and what we should be doing for uh, for mental health today. And uh, so thank you so much for that and your energy today with that story, man. It's it's of course. it's awesome, man. You guys definitely will drop that in the show notes and definitely have to listen to uh, listen to that story also. Um, like Josh said, uh, this is going to get a little weird here, guys, and it's kind of a totally different, you know, totally different game we're playing here today on the podcast and a little monotone today and it's not so exciting and I'm not kind of in your face telling you what you should and shouldn't be doing. So, um, guys, we just start at the beginning, right, man? Kind of just like, uh, so, and I just got, Josh and I kind of talked 10, 15 minutes before we hit the pit play on this podcast and, uh, it's, it's, I told him it's like one of those things like, uh, it's always inevitable that you're going to hear really long breaks. Um, that's just me trying to compose myself and I'm actually trying to do it right now. Um, like Josh said, it doesn't really actually get any easier. Um, it almost, it's fucked up cause it almost gets harder. Um, but that's just how much, that's just how strong you have to be every single day, whether you feel you're, whether you're in a, in a hole or you're depressed or not, even if you're happy, like it takes a lot of work to, to, to keep on that task every single day. And um, I just want to applaud Josh for keeping all his clients on that task also, because the things that you do every day throughout your day really do push you forward into that right path and the right people around you and the surroundings that you are in. And I started having really bad surroundings when I was in high school. Um, I thought it was really neat to hang out with kids that have already graduated. I had all older friends. Um, I didn't have a lot of friends in high school. I knew a lot of people in high school, but it's not like I hung out with them. If I ever went to like a high school gathering, a party when someone's parents were out of town, I was kind of the outcast. Like I was the one in the corner, you know, drinking and smoking by myself and everyone else was kind of like just, uh, you know, girls being weird and acting drunk and stuff like that. So I really didn't go to, to a lot of high school parties. Um, I hung out with a lot of people that are already out of high school and you can imagine that that was probably a really bad place for me to be. Um, but I didn't know that at that time. I thought I was like super cool. I'm like, ah, screw these high school people. They don't know what's going on. You know, I'm a, I'm a junior, a sophomore hanging out with these kids that already graduated, partying at, you know, their parents' houses and really getting into some really wacky shit. And I do be, I do believe that's where it all kind of began. You know, it kind of began as like a really fun thing and using drugs recreationally at that time, which we can go back to that in a minute because I thought I was using them recreationally. Um, and really started diving into going out to parties, really getting pretty messed up on some pretty hardcore drugs. Um, probably the number one you're going to hear me go back to all the time is cocaine. Um, I had a, a really, really, really nasty cocaine addiction. Um, and I like something out of the movies, you know, like if you saw, you know, like the movie blow with Johnny Depp, it really, really wasn't way too far off of that. Um, ended up, hanging out with these older kids. And that was kind of the drug of choice between all of us. And it kind of became like almost an every weekend occurrence that kind of like overflowed into almost my everyday life. Um, so as I grow, grew older, you know, moved out of the house, started, I really had a passion for cooking. I got into cooking for a couple of years. I cooked professionally, had my own business. And um, later down the line out of high school, I started working in a kitchen for my very first time. And I was there for about three and a half, three to four years, I want to say three, three and a half to four years. And that's kind of when 
this whole story I used to just kind of jump into this right now is like where my, where I thought was my passion was cooking, went into a kitchen. And this is kind of where I usually tell my story from this point on, but leading up to that now, the more I think about it is like my bad tendencies started probably freshman and sophomore year when I really didn't know who I was, got involved with some older kids. Once again, surroundings weren't correct and really started getting into some drugs. So already when I was out of, you know, when I graduated high school, it was kind of one of those things like, I already know what I'm doing. I'm hanging out with these guys. You know what I'm saying? And once I graduated high school, they were that much older. So that led into like going to the bars at 20. You know, I didn't have to be 21. I'm drinking, doing drugs, all this bad shit. You know, fast forward to the kitchen, like I was talking about. And that's really where the story kind of blossoms into a real shit show. Um, the My sous chef at the time was my cocaine dealer. And everyone in the kitchen and some people in the restaurant did it. Um, I worked an astronomical amount of hours as a chef, as a cook first, a line cook, then turn into a chef, you know, down the line. Once you're around those bad people like that, that, that business is very difficult. You know, you work 364 days a year, you see your family at Christmas and you basically work your ass off the rest of the year. And it doesn't matter what you do. You're always kind of working. Like you're always talking to the chef on your days off. He's always calling you saying, Hey, did you end up prepping this? I don't see it on the prep list. So you're always engaged in work no matter what. And then sometimes you just go into work to drink on your day off because that's what you do when you're like when you work in a kitchen. Those are your group of people. So you feel like you always have to be there for them, right? So once again, telling the story, I see so much, much more that I was only doing for other people. I was giving everything from my energy and I was giving everything and then no one was helping me out and kind of became that where I was just like giving, giving, giving. And that's kind of where I leaned on drugs very heavily is because that had to fill a void where I felt better when I was fucked up on cocaine and drinking all day. And I even took like, even took a day off work. My day off of work was like waking up to drink and do cocaine with my friends that came over on my day off. So like going back to the kitchen part, it's like my sous chef was my dealer. Everyone in the kitchen did it. And when those people had days off or those nights that we got done in the kitchen early, we would party, we would drink, we would do drugs and all those things. And wake up the next day, like nothing ever happened and go back to work and do it again. And, um, the really turning, I keep looking back at this and I think the really, I mean, this is all really bad points, but the turning point I think for me was when I started selling pounds of marijuana for my cocaine addiction is how far gone I really was when I thought that was the answer to supply my cocaine addiction, why I needed something to supply my cocaine addiction. Think about that really quick. I was doing so much I couldn't afford to do it. So I figured out a second income, like some kind of fucked up entrepreneur to support my cocaine addiction. So I started selling weed on the side. I didn't smoke. I, I rarely smoked marijuana. Rarely did. I had a ton of friends that did, but I didn't have a lot of friends that did cocaine. So I was like, oh, light ding, the light went off where I can find a guy that fronts me a fucking pound a month or whatever, or half a pound a month, and I sell it. And then uh, I have money for drugs. It sounds really fucked up when you think about it. You know, every time I say this story, it kind of gets more and more weird when I say it because I, you start to notice like how far gone you really were at that time. And then like, no one was around to help you like at all, or at least I thought so. Right. Like I couldn't lean on my parents cause 
like they didn't know what I was doing, you know? So, um, and I couldn't lean on my brothers and my sisters cause <laughs> that's a fuck. That's a whole nother situation, you know, like, cause I was doing it with some of their friends. So as you understand the surroundings means everything. If you put yourself in a horrible, horrible surrounding, that's the only way you're going to go is down. Those people around you in a bad setting, they have nothing to give you. The only thing they're going to do is take from you. And they're going to take and take and take until there's nothing left. And they're going to try to scrape the fucking bones for more. And I see that now looking back at it. All my friends that, sorry, quote unquote friends, they would comfort my, me saying some things like, hey, you know, I, like, I'm sad, man. Like, I'm really fucking sad. I'm really sad. It was a pat on the back, a kiss on the cheek, and more drugs in front of me because that was the answer, right? It's cool, man. Let's get back to this. Okay, cool. You're right. Let's get back to this. Which just You're just digging yourself a grave. You know what I'm saying? Like every single time you give in to someone that's doing something negative to you, you give in to your bad emotions, you give in to those bad addictions at that time was cocaine for me. Like just putting another fucking nail in the coffin, man. So everything got, this is, this is where it's going to get weird guys. And I apologize again. So one day I just had it right. Like I had two days off in a row from the kitchen. I was lost. I was living in a world of drugs and alcohol. And I was just, I didn't even know upside from the fucking downside. I didn't even know what was going on. I had no idea what was going on. That's how I lived my life for a long time. And I, the fucked up thing is, is that I was so depressed. I often thought of suicide as a way out. And not just a way out for me, but I felt like I was doing the world a disservice from being here. And everyone that was around me, I felt I'd be, I, everyone would be better off without me. Everyone. Like, I wasn't doing anything with my life. So I thought, which in hindsight, I really fucking wasn't. I was so far gone down a rabbit hole. I was so gone that I really wasn't doing anything positive in my life. I lived my life for everybody else. I gave every single ounce of energy I had in the day to everybody. Everyone called me. It was one of those things where I just gave so much. I didn't feel anything anymore. So, you know, so one day I fucking partying by myself, driving around like a fucking asshole, got really fucking drunk, got really fucking high on cocaine and uh, had no money. I had no money. And uh, I went to the store and I bought like, you know, like those gallon fucking jugs of wine, you know, like those big ass, stupid gallon of wine, those really cheap and expensive, shitty wines. Glass, Carlo Rossi. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I went home, no joke, drank that whole thing. Um, On top of drinking that entire thing, I was blowing lines of cocaine to kind of just, I was at this point, I was just trying to take in anything I could possibly take in to, to end my sorrow. And as soon as I got to the point of like, you know what, fuck this. Tonight's the night I'm doing it. And I remember, I don't, sorry, I don't remember, but I was, I've been told in the past that I called a couple people. I don't remember. 
uh, told them like, peace, you know, tonight's the night. Not in so many words, you know, kind of cryptic, of course, because at that time you're just, you know, you don't know what's going on. At that time also, um, let me digress a little bit. It was really easy for me to get my hands on pharmaceutical pills. Um, so that was another thing too, that was kind of going on a lot, but that really wasn't the main culprit. The culprit was, of course it was everything, but the main culprit was the cocaine addiction. Um, and just being insanely depressed and not knowing who I was as a person and feeling totally useless to the world. Um, with that gallon of wine and, and doing a bunch of cocaine, I started swallowing handfuls of pills, whatever I can get my hands on. And, um, yeah. So, uh, I think I called my sister, my younger, my, my older sister, but the youngest of the two and, uh, kind of told her like, peace out, you know, and her husband at the time, they, they, they drove over immediately and they had known that there's been tons of problems. Cause I was always like getting so messed up at parties and family parties and not caring who I was. And it was pretty fucking, you know prevalent to what I was trying to do to them. I was hating myself. And uh, they cruised over to my house and I was in a really, really bad place. I was really messed up. Um, took a lot of pills, a lot of pills, uh, a lot of pills. And um, he kicked in my door. Soon after that, the state police came with the EMTs and uh, it gets kind of foggy after that. Um, somehow they got me into the, the ambulance and I remember waking up kind of and at Silver Cross Hospital in the ICU, handcuffed to a bed with a catheter in. I have bruises all over my body and I was told later that I was just fighting nurses and had to get handcuffed and, uh, Spent two days in the ICU, miraculously woke up. I have no fucking idea. And my world came crashing down on me. That I just tried to kill myself. And like everything else in my life, I failed at that. I couldn't even do that right. And uh, My father walks in my room and he didn't say anything. He didn't say much, but I remember he did say one thing and he hugged me. He said, you scared the shit out of me and I love you. And I told him I was sorry. I was just sorry for being me, you know, like at that time. And I didn't see it any other way, but I just didn't need to be here. So that's that. That is my story. Fast forward today. <laughs> and um, 10-26-2013 is when I tried to commit suicide six years ago. Um, I'm here. I have not touched any type of drugs in six years, nor do I can even look at them. And I can say that I, I am an addict, which sucks to say out loud. And uh 
I just feel like Josh has always pushed me to tell my story more, right? Because it's for the obvious reasons, right? Like if I can help one, one person with this story, just, I mean, anybody, anybody, not someone, not even someone that may be hurting, or maybe it is someone that's hurting. Like guys, you have no idea what you are worth to this universe. You don't, you don't. And it may not slap you in the face right away. And it's not going to fall on your lap, but you have to get out there and fucking create it for yourself. I just spent 37 years not knowing who the fuck I was. And the last year I just built my own business up. And this has been my happiest. 2019 was the most amazing year of my fucking life. And I can tell you right here, the only reason I'm still here is because I, as soon as I woke up the next day, I knew that I was worth something more. Because why else would I still be here on this universe today? Give me a minute, will you, Josh? You can go ahead, man. Absolutely. You know, I want to say that is such a powerful, raw, raw story. So thank you so much for sharing that. And and I feel the emotion. I'm, you know, I'm looking at you through the computer screen. I can see the emotion. And every single person that's listening to this right now can feel that same raw emotion. Mentioned right there about if I can just help one person. I feel the same way about sharing my story. And right. You know, it, it's one of those things where at first I didn't know where, you know, what I should be doing about sharing it. And, and, you know, people don't bring it up around me. It's one of those things where I love talking about my brother. I love memorializing my brother. I love sharing his story. And maybe that sounds sick that I love talking about how my brother committed suicide or died by suicide. But that's the real honest truth. I love talking about it. Right. And I love talking about it because it's cathartic to me. It's therapeutic. It, it's an opportunity for me to vent what's on my shoulders, to get this weight off my shoulders. And you know, the, the strange thing, and I was sharing with Anthony before we hopped on here, I don't talk about it as often as I would like. And the reason is, is because I don't want to push that on someone else. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if you want to hear it or not. So I just default to, I'll just internalize this instead and wait for someone to bring it up. Well, the thing about suicide is it's so taboo that nobody brings it up. So therefore, I don't get a chance to tell my story as often as I would like. It's therapeutic. I mean, I don't get a chance to utilize that therapy like I would like. So any opportunity I get to do this, I freaking geek out on it and, and seize the opportunity in a heartbeat. Because like Anthony mentioned, if this helps one person, one person, if one person is at home right now and says, wow, that's what I need to hear. I heard this at the right time. I'm worth it. This is all worth it. Every minute, every dollar, every single bit of energy I put into this cause is all worth it if it saves one life. And the fascinating thing is, in the nine and a half years that we've been doing this charity uh, with Tyler's team foundation and all of that, it, we hear that year after year after year, when we bring these guest speakers into the local schools to speak about just positive mental health and sharing their stories and everything like that. We hear that every single year and it is so freaking fulfilling. It is so worth it. And I just, it, it, it motivates me. It fuels me and inspires me to continue sharing this story to continue creating an impact so freaking big that one day nobody else has to go through what I went through, what my mom and dad went through, 
what my sister went through, what Anthony's family almost went through. That's the goal. I think that has to be the goal. Um, I just think the reason why, you know, and it is so taboo is like you said, it's like, it never gets brought up. No, no, no way, shape or form. Is this an actual conversation? And that's why it's so taboo. And that's why people feel so threatened by even asking for help. And that's exactly. the big, that's the biggest problem, man. It's the, there's in a world of where social media rules, where there, there is no rules about what you talk about. Why is this the one thing that no one talks about? It's not, it's so fucked up. It makes zero sense to me, man. It really makes zero sense. Why are we not? Because without talking about it, how are you supposed to learn? Like, how are you supposed to learn about a subject if we're not talking about it out openly? And, it, and you know what I'm saying? It, it's, it's so petty, but I think back to when I was in high school and this, this really came up after Tyler had died and everything. And we were trying to get some stuff going in the community and, and we got a lot of pushback from the yeah. community. We got pushback. We wanted to dump thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of dollars into the community. And we got pushback. The school district pushed back because the talk of suicide was so taboo at the time. And I remember when I was in high school, if you said the word suicide in class, I specifically remember being in high school English, English class and someone brought up suicide and, and I forget what context, but got scolded for it. And it wasn't like, it, it wasn't malicious, but it was you literally just dropping that word in context, get scolded for it. So how is somebody who's struggling? How is somebody who feels like the walls are closing in? Like this world is better off without them. Like, like they are a burden to their loved ones. How is somebody feeling that supposed to open up about it? How is my brother supposed to give me a call and say, Hey, Josh, I'm dealing with some shit right now. When everything you've been programmed to believe is that suicide is taboo. If you have mental health issues, you're a problem. All of that, like that's what we need to eliminate. We need to get so far away from that school of thought. And it's going to take, it's going to take time. It's going to take years. It's going to take a lot of people speaking up, sharing their stories, asking for help keeping the conversation going. That's just it too, you know, and that, and that, that is the answer. And that's so wild. I mean, and you, you know what, you'd still get, you'd probably still get some pushback today, even trying to do something like, I'm sure it's still not the easiest today. And it's still like, how many years later? Like, when is this, when is this going to change? And the, was, the, the answer is the only way it's going to change if we start bringing it to the forefront and letting it stop getting swept under the rug. Like you have to talk about these things. And like you just said, the wall's closing in. Homie, like I felt like the walls closed in and I was in a hole and the dirt went back on top of me. That's, and then I still lived with that for years. Like, mm -hmm. because I couldn't talk to anybody. I couldn't talk to anybody around me, but that goes back to also the surroundings too. Like that's, that's all, everything we're saying guys is a part of it. It's a part of it. Everything's a piece of the puzzle. Why these things need to be talked about, or like why it's not being talked about. And that was the thing too, is I, I, there's no way that anyone can get through this without talking to somebody. And I guarantee if I had like half of the people that I have around me now back then, it would have been a different story, but I didn't. Every single person around me was an enabler. And that kind of led me to like, I can't talk to my parents about that, you know? And like you said, it was so taboo. Like who knows if my parents would even understand that, you know, right. it's really hard. It's really hard today for even my mother to understand what even still happened. It's almost like it didn't happen to her. I mean, which sucks. Right. I mean, right. It's, it's ridiculously horrible. I mean, it, it really is. 
And it's funny because I remember, Josh, I called you what Christmas Day and I told you how much our friendship means and everything. I told and I texted you a story also of my father and I sat down and the first time we ever talked about it, and it's been six, six so years, you know, like we've never sat down and talked about it before. And, you know, after a long conversation, it got brought up somehow. I got brought up with my story somehow. And my dad, when I told him that happened, my dad blamed, my dad has never said this until that, that night that it was just me and him talking on Christmas. And, um, what a day to talk about it, but that's when things come out, you know? Um, he, he said he, he has blamed himself since that day that it was his fault. And I told, I grabbed him by the shirt and I said, absolutely not. You had nothing to do with it. I was mm -hmm. going through some shit. I didn't know how to bring it out. I thought I can, I thought I could bear that burden. I thought I can handle that myself and carry that weight on my own shoulders. And obviously I couldn't. And uh, my father blamed himself for that, man. And I'm glad we cleared the air on that because he, for a long time, he, he, blamed, he thought he was a bad father for that. Mm -hmm. And that is not the way, that's not the way it, you know? And, and once again, if I would just have opened my mouth, things would have been different. Exactly. And, and you can't blame you though, for not opening your mouth and, and think about it. When you already feel like you're alone, when you already feel like you have nobody. And then this society is a society that shuns people with mental health issues. There's nothing inviting about that there there's right. nothing encouraging you to open up and the reality is when you feel like you have nobody when you feel like you're alone the very last thing you need is for those you love those close to you to turn their backs on you too so it's very hard to bring up but you know it just comes down to we need to make those feel we need to make our loved ones feel safe we need to make this a topic that you can bring up, that you can discuss in whatever form, whatever context. Because if it's taboo, you're always going to be, you're always going to feel like you, backs are turned to you. And, and I can't begin to imagine the, what you feel when you're going through that, when you feel like you're, you're, you're a burden to everybody and all of that. Like I've, I've never suffered depression to that extent, but I cannot imagine I just, I can't imagine the feeling of, wow, I want to share this with somebody, but what will someone think? Or will, will anybody even listen? Will anybody even care? And that's the big thing. And, and gosh, we, we talked about the pushback a little bit and, and it's funny. And just to put in context, how bad it actually was. We started a Memorial scholarship fund in my brother's name, the Tyler Pierce Memorial scholarship. And every year we wanted to or we, you know, the first year we wanted to put it into the local school system and Judah school district. And we, they almost would not let us offer a scholarship in Tyler's name because of the way he died. It's unreal, man. It was so freaking asinine. And now of course, nine and a half years later, we, you know, we're, we're all kind of working on the same page and now the school district will reach out to us and, and, you know, share when, you know, other families are experiencing something similar to, to us so we can be a resource to them and all of that. It's actually pretty fascinating how much has grown. That relationship has grown since, but that was an uphill battle from the start. And gosh, I can't imagine had we not, had we given up right then and there when they first told us no, you know, how, how many other lives would be affected in such a negative way? It's, it's crazy to me. That's just the thing too, man. Like giving up, I think, 
that is a big thing for, I, I believe, a lot, of, a lot of things that are going on in people's lives and their goals and where they're going to pursue themselves and just giving up in general. But with giving up with, it, it's a battle, man. It, it, it really is. And I, I, would, I would be lying to you if I told you that if someone walked into my house right now with a plate full of cocaine, I'd, I would be like, no, get out of here. You know, like that's my battle that I have to battle, but everyone has their own little demons that they have and their own battles that they have to fight. And it's one of those things like you just can't quit, man. You got to keep pushing forward no matter what, even if it's really small, minuscule steps that you're doing, that's still forward movement. That's still forward progression towards something better. And that's the biggest thing. And that's what happened is I pulled the plug, you know, I pulled it. I was just like, fuck it. You know, I, I just, I can't do it anymore. And there's just so many steps to be taken and talking is definitely the best one. Um, but also, you know, surrounding yourself with people that love you actually having, you know, working, having a job that you love and everything has to start. If you feel this way, any way depressed, please make a phone call, hit up Josh or I DM us, whatever you need to do. We will talk talk you through some stuff and talk to you as a family member. That's just what we do best. And um, because you guys, we walk it like we talk it, you know, and the reason why we're sharing all these things is because of that. And it's like, you need to talk it out. And I'm telling you, positivity breeds positivity. And you got to put that shit forward on a platter every single day when you wake up. And you have to understand that every, every day you put your two feet on the ground is a blessing. It's a blessing because you're still here. And times are tough, man. They, they really are. And it's hard every single day, man, to, to wake up motivated and be a positive person, you know, like, especially things that I went through, like, it's, uh, it's a struggle, man. It's a struggle, man. And you know, it's, it's so funny, because so many people, even people that are gonna listen to this story for the first time, right? They're not a right away, they just like, don't believe it, right? That's, that's not that's not Anthony, there's no way. He's so positive and motivating. You guys, that's how I am now. But I was like, the complete opposite on the spectrum like the alpha and the omega like i was the other side of it like i was still like fun and fun guy to be around but that was all masked by drugs i was just like you know and i'd walk out of a room and a frown would be on my face i'd only smile when i was around people or holidays and then i go back to my I, in the cave living you know what i'm saying and it's one of those things like you just got to keep pushing forward absolutely and th this is one of those things i haven't gosh man I haven't shared this publicly with anybody yet, but uh, I've been attending therapy recently, you know, and that was a big move. Um, but something that had kind of been on my plate for a little while after Tyler committed suicide, I never, you know, it was one of the things, I was in college, I was 22, didn't think I needed to talk about it with anybody. It was just, you know, I had a really good support group of friends around me and I just had no reason to talk about it. And then I, I get a job in, in uh, federal law enforcement after college and now I have a top secret security clearance and talking out, talking about it to someone is completely out of the question now, you know, because there's right. the fear of, oh my gosh, they diagnosed me with depression and now I'm, you know, not going to get my security clearance approved or I'll never get into the FBI now, things like that. So, so it was crazy. So I, you know, didn't bring it up to anybody then, even, you know, a couple of years later when I started to feel like, wow, I've got this unpacked baggage I really need to discuss um, and kind of make sense of. And really realized that, yeah, you know, not a good time, I'm not gonna worry about it, and kept pushing it off. And now I'm, you know, 28, 29, 30. Finally, you know, I'm surrounded by a ton of entrepreneurs and coaches who are just obsessed with bettering themselves and just obsessed with radical improvement and growth. And I finally realized, holy shit, like therapy is normal. 
You know, the, the best entrepreneurs, CEOs, business owners have therapists and they're just a part of their team. It doesn't mean it's not a sign of weakness. A sign of weakness is internalizing that shit and not doing anything about it. So I started, you know, seeing a therapist probably six weeks ago. And one of the things I've been working on her and learning about working with her on and learning about quite a bit of is self-worth and just, um, you know, rather than your self-worth being dictated or dependent on external factors, you need to make it dependent on internal factors. You need to make it dependent on who you are, whether you're a son, a brother, a significant other, a coach, a friend, whatever it is you need. Your self-worth should be based on who you are, not what others think of you, not does, you know, does Anthony think I'm a great guy? Not does my girlfriend love me? Do my parents think I'm a failure? Do they, they think I'm you know, find out following the track that they want? No, you need to base your self-worth based on who you are as a person. And from there, then these external factors will validate or disvalidate or whatever the heck the word is I'm looking for. Like they'll do their thing. But if you allow your self-worth to be dependent on external factors, you're setting yourself up for the exact same problems, the exact same hole, the trap that Anthony fell in. And probably the same trap that my brother fell, fell in. And of course, with a lot of unanswered questions, I can't begin to speculate or imagine where it came from. But I imagine a lot of it had to do with he didn't feel worthy. And that was because he probably wasn't strong enough inside to have that self-worth come from within rather than come from external factors, whether it's family, friends, school, relationship, whatever it is. So, you know, just a short little lesson on whatever self-worth and think about this. If you're at home, if you're listening to this, think about it. What is it that makes you feel worthy? Where do you feel your value comes from? Is it what others think of you? How others see you? How you look? Because it shouldn't be at all. It should be what you think of yourself. That is self-esteem, how you see yourself. Yeah, dude, that's super powerful. And you're, you're 100% spot on. You definitely hit the nail on that on that one. And that's, that's the thing. And I believe, I, I think I touched base on that when I was telling the story is that like, you have to love oneself first. I mean, for anything to work, for anything, any, any sort of relationship with any sort of loved one around you, if you don't love yourself, it will not work. You cannot move forward. The foundation is you loving yourself. I just made a newsletter on that the other day. It was like, listen, everyone's going from 2019 into 2020 and they're like, yeah, new year, new me. Well, that same person, it's just a day difference. That same person's going to come over to 2020 with you. If you don't fix that shit now, you're going to be saying the same shit when it's 2021. And that's the, that's the biggest lesson I have learned this past year is I finally love who I am and I found my purpose and I love oneself and I work on it every day, brother. I work on it every day, dude. I, I meditate, I journal, I read, I'm reading books now. I haven't read books in like 10 fucking years. It's like all these things I'm working on myself. I'm seeing what that worth to me is. And guess what? It just throws you down like this success route right away. It just it really does. And all those external factors that Josh may or not, may or may not have mentioned, those things start to fucking fade away, man. You start to go away from those and you start to really like, nope, that's not worth my time. You just flick it off like a, like a mosquito in the summer. You're just like, nope, later. And you just keep moving forward. And then like those things don't really, they, they, they kind of melt away 
they still matter a little bit. They kind of melt away. You just flick them away, but you still go forward as opposed to dwelling on it, letting it get inside of you, you know, letting that external factor really wear on your soul. And the next thing you know, you wasted a whole day on it. Mm -hmm. You wasted a whole day on some asshole Johnny Pants 69 or stupid Sue does cardio every day on, on Instagram. Let that dictate who you are. Like that's so fucked up yep. that where is that going to get you? That person doesn't give two shits about you. They have no, they're not doing anything for you. They're not paying your bills. They're not going to work for you. Why are you even letting that come into your life? And that's the biggest thing. I, I try to validate who I was to people all the time. I was living for them on their terms. I was always there with a phone call. I never once said no, ever. I never, no matter what it was, even a favor. So my entire life was just totally for everybody else, external factors. Until I trimmed all that fat after what happened to me. I got rid of all those friends. I got rid of some family members because of it. I don't talk to them anymore. And I've changed everything around me. And everything around me is putting myself on a path to greatness and a path to positivity and motivation. And that's who I am. And that's who you guys see on Instagram today. And that's who, who I am. It's real shit. Just like this conversation is real shit too. I, that's all real guys. That's real. That's who I am every single day. And I put it out there so many times a day because I want you to feel the exact same way I do. I want you to understand that you are not alone in this shit. You're not. Between Josh and I, how many, how many coaches do we have between you and I that we know? Are you oh kidding God. me? Like, I, I've probably got a close circle of, of you know, 40 coaches that I could reach out to right now. Yep. And they drop whatever they're doing to do something for me. That's what's up. And that's what's up. Yeah. And you know what? I can't even count on one hand who's like, I talk to that's negative in my life anymore. I don't have anybody. Everyone that's around me is trying to better themselves. Amazing. Is trying to be better at what they do. And they don't allow external forces. They fight that stuff off every day to come into their lives. And that's what we need to be doing. We need to be moving forward. We need to be moving forward on a positive note. And you have to love oneself. One of the things I want to kind of dig in with you and, and explore, and if you're not comfortable with this, shut me up right away. But that whole, the validation thing and seeking that validation, because I think that's where a lot of people fall in that trap. If you allow your self-worth to be, dependent on validation from others and you're seeking that validation and you're getting it, you're getting it, you're getting it. You, Anthony, as the guy who would do anything for anybody, you probably got a ton of validation. You were the likable guy. You could light up a room. You've got that voice that draw attention from a freaking mile away. Like, and then, but when you have, when, when the people that you've surrounded yourself with, when your circle are lower level people, right? that validation wears off. They're not always going to be there. And now what you've attributed your entire self-worth to, and now that tank is empty. And now what? Now what do you feel? You feel alone. You feel like the walls are closing in. When you no longer get that validation you're seeking, you no longer have a self-worth. You're no longer, you no longer feel you have space or a reason to be on this earth, which then leads you to think, okay, well, this world would just be a better place without. Is that kind of, correct me, is that that thought process, like where that goes? Yeah, it definitely is. It's like, it's like Josh, like we always say, man, like you wake up every day with, with a, your full cup, right? Your full cup of energy, right? And 
literally before 10 a.m. that cup was already empty. You know, it was just one of those things. And to seek out validation, it was like, I just kept trying to do things for everybody else and always, uh, you know, please other people in what they're doing because they needed help. So I always like, I was always the guy to go, I was the guy to go. But as I was doing all that, like my tank was empty. So like my tank never had a chance to get refilled. But the thing was, is like, I, all those things I keep saying, I was doing, those like they're exactly what they are. They're for other people. I did nothing, nothing for myself. I had no hobbies. I barely worked out. I ate like an asshole because I was working in a kitchen at that time when all this went on. You know, I smoked. I did everything I did. I was just like, I was dumb. Every, there was no positive energy coming into my life. It was, my energy was emptied out every single morning before I even had a chance to understand what my energy levels were for that day. And that's when I, I you know, I kept, I, I sought out drugs, you know, because that made me feel better, thinking that, that that was recharging my battery for that day. No, when it wasn't, it was making it worse. But at that time, I was doing anything I could to feel better, anything. Mm-hmm. Cause I had nothing left. I was just a shell, bro. I was just a shell with just emotions inside. That's all I was, man. And I, you know, it's, you just have no one to lean on and the validation you're like, you're right. It does. It, it starts to end because those people that I was around those lower level people, you know, we could say that those lower level people, um, they have nothing to give. They have nothing to give. So I leaned on them and they gave me stuff and gave me drugs, but it wasn't like they were doing the same shit. They're all miserable too. They're all doing the same shit. I was, they're miserable and they did nothing. They had no hobbies. They didn't work out. You know, they didn't do anything. They're in the same boat. So we were just, all that shit was feeding each other of just that negative emotion. You know, like it, it, it is what it is. You know, it's like, it just pulls you down, bro. And it, you can't, once you and you stop fighting it, and that's when the walls start kind of coming coming in. You like you try to fight it so much, but it's just too heavy. It's too heavy to, to burden, and that's really what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it goes back to who you're surrounding yourself with, who you have in your circle. And gosh, one of the podcasts I've been listening to a lot lately is uh, the Chris Harder podcast for the love for the love of money. And one of the thing in one of the podcast episodes, he mentions there are there are two different types of people. There are lifters and there are weights. There are people who lift you up and there are people who weigh you down. I love that. There's no in between. You are either a lifter for me or you are a weight. Correct. And what I'm doing in 2020, if you are a weight, you're no longer in my circle. Right. If you've got nothing but negativity, if every time we speak or every time I see your content or, you know, see a text message from you or whatever, it's, it's a negative or, you know, it's just not positive and lifting. I don't have time for that. Like, I don't need weights in my life. I'm in this phase of hyper growth right now. And I don't, all I want is lifters around me. Right. So, you know, just kind of a reminder that, you know, audit your friends, audit your circle. Is, are, is your circle mostly comprised of lifters or is it weights or is it a combination of both? Because I'm willing to bet that you may have to have some hard conversations or do the hard thing. But what's at the other end of that, I promise you, is so freaking sweet. There is so much growth on the other side of that. When you remove those weights from your life, you can grow. And you can grow exponentially. And like, like Anthony said, now he, you know, he's got a network of coaches and, and people he can reach out to. And now he wakes up 
and his cup is full because he knows that that he's part of that he's got high level people around him that he's no longer wasting his energy and his time and his resources on low level people who are just a drain who are just sucking his energy so again audit your circle so much of the the struggles and the issues that we face have to do with the people around us and the the positivity or the negativity that they that they emit from you know just their presence or just being in your life so again do the hard thing audit your friends group get rid of the weights keep the lifters around Bring more lifters in, whatever you need to do. Right. Yeah. Seek those people out too, you know, and, and definitely have those conversations with, with those people that are weights because that's where it really starts. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't care who it is. I don't care who it is. It yeah. could be your mom, your dad, your loved ones, your significant other, brother, sister. It doesn't matter who it is. Mm-hmm. A weight is a weight. So, you know what I'm saying? A weight is a weight. You walk in the gym, a weight's a weight. They're just designed differently. Like that's how it is, bro. And you have to get rid of those things, man. You can only carry so much. I love that. And it's such a beautiful analogy. I can't believe I've never, who would you say that? Who, who was that? Chris Harder. Chris Harder. He's big on money mindset. His podcast is, is a lot about growth and, and all, you know, growth and overcoming, um, you know, limiting beliefs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And that's the thing too. It's like, you can't, can't walk around with a fixed mindset of already saying, you know, oh, I can't do that already without even trying it once. You know, you got to walk around with that growth mindset and always be willing to listen, to learn and to grow on a daily basis. And, you know, it's hard to do that every single day. I understand that. That's not what we're asking you to do. But a little bit here and there of the good stuff and a little less of the bad stuff, I guarantee you, you're going to get to any goal, any mindset, any feeling faster, any positive feeling faster. If you just start stripping away that bad shit, and putting some more of the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, before this podcast started, Josh, uh, you found a new number for the suicide hotline. Yes. So, and actually this is pretty fascinating. Um, as many of you guys know, if you're listening, suicide hotline, uh, suicide prevention lifeline is 1-800-273-8255 or 1-800-273-TALK. Um, but the, and I'm actually reading this right now from my screen, uh, the FCC recently recommended that the number 988 be designated as a national crisis hotline. So um, we're going to be doing away with that nice long number. It's not active yet, but be on the lookout for that. Like that 988 number is an easy number. Anyone can remember. You can shout it from the rooftops, program it in your phone, whatever the heck right. you need to do. Don't, you, don't forget that number. Don't lose it. Use it if you have to. Um, God forbid, use it. Uh, but one of the things I wanted to kind of redirect this to now is we talked about the past. We talked about, you know, the weights in your life and all of that. Let's shift to the period after the accident and talk about that growth. Like, what was it? You, you said you woke up that day and you realized that your life was a blessing. What was it? Like, what was that aha moment that you had? And what were some of the first things that you did to overcome that? Because I imagine a lot of people at home listening to this, if they're caught up in those circles and they don't know how to get out, you've probably got something good to offer them. So what I started to do was flood, I'll say flood my inbox. So speaking about like my head and my brain, I started flooding my inbox full of knowledge and started to really do away with the things that were, were hurting me at the time. Like there's a lot of music that I was listening to that I went to all the time because it was it felt good to listen to depressing music. You know, it felt good to listen to those songs. Um, I actually gave up to this day. I really don't listen to a whole lot of music. But the first one of the first things I did was I started giving up a lot of that music. 
I stopped putting in my head negativity and things that brought me down a level. So I really started to focus on things that kept me, um, that uplifted me and kept me lifted up every single day. Uh, quit my job. Um, if that's possible, that's a great thing. Cause obviously how the hell am I supposed to go through what I went through and still remain at the same job? Um, I got into dabbling with fitness and health and that's kind of where I am today. You know, like I started getting into, okay, you got to just, you know, I, at the time I was like, okay, I got to revamp and flush my entire system. If I've been putting everything bad in for the last X amount of years, I need to start putting everything good in today, like today. So, you know, stripping all the bad things out of my life, like drinking pop and drinking alcohol every single day and smoking cigarettes, that was out the door right away. Like stop smoking, um, started, started trying to run, went to the, got a gym membership, um, started reading, trying to start to read some books. Um, I got into learning how to get my first um, personal training certification. I went through all of that also, but the health was the big thing. Um, I started cooking for myself. I had my own business. I started cooking healthy. At that time, I got into CrossFit too. So like paleo was a big boom seven years ago or whatever, six years ago, more than that, eight years ago. So I really started getting into that. Um, and teaching people about paleo foods and how to start stripping down all the bad stuff in your house, start putting more of the good stuff. And I actually had a business where I made a menu every single week and I sent it out to my people and I actually delivered them food, paleo food. Like it was called grab and go fit meals. Um, not necessarily saying you have to start a business, but there's just all these things that I kept going into my positive life. So I was trying to do everything I possibly could to take out the negative. And it's really funny when you, when I say funny, just because I'm thinking about it as I talk about it, it's not really funny. But when you look back at it, if you start stripping away all those bad things, when you're in that state first, you can literally, literally look around your house and find negative objects in your house. Like the music I was listening to is depressing. The books that were around the house are depressing. Um, how I was living my life and how dirty my house was, was depressing. You know, like you start really looking back at that stuff and you're like, dude, what the fuck what was my worth? You know, like mm -hmm. just, you really kind of escape and you think that those things aren't there you kind of just go through the motions that stuff is still fucking there mm -hmm. it's still there so i started living a cleaner lifestyle i cleaned up my nutrition um started working out started sweating every day and began to began to strip the weight off um i went from like 230 to like 176 in a matter of a year and started doing CrossFit religiously. I got into that. And so here's, here's, my, here's the tip. Here's the tip. I replaced my addiction with the addiction to be better. And that was the turning point for me is when I noticed that everything that I was doing, because I'm an addict at heart, right? So everything I do, Josh, you know this about me, dude. I'm fucking all in, bro. Like it's just... There is no, there is no halfway with me, bro. It's just not how it's going to work. You're either going to hear the whole story or I'm not going to tell you, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm going to go all the way in for. So I started replacing that. And uh, I think that was the, that was like the biggest thing, man. Like I started getting addicted to going to the gym. I started getting addicted to being healthy and the, and then the more and more I poured into that, the better I started feeling. Um, and that's the, that's like the biggest step, man. Like you just got to understand, take the initiative to understand, like we said, loving oneself, you'll understand how bad you actually feel. And the state that you're feeling, if you are in that bad spot, and like even with just with anything, while it's nutrition or just the way you are walking around and how you physically feel, it's telling you something. And you don't even know what it's like to feel good. You don't. 
You have no idea what it's like. If you think you're, you're okay, you're not okay. Because come on my side. Come on Josh's side. We'll, we'll show you how it feels like to be okay. Because that's real. Got to get out of living in that fucking fog. You know, that's the biggest thing is you had like that, that this, the smoke was pulled. It was like the veil was pulled over your eyes the entire, every day you woke up. You just woke up like, oh, the sun's not out. That's how it felt every day. Mm-hmm. And that's a bad place to be. So replace all those bad things with anything that is good, anything, and start small so you don't get overwhelmed. Like anything in life, start small, baby steps. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest thing. I uh, want to add to that about replacing, replacing things that are bad with things that are good and all of that. So if you're on this mission for growth and you're trying to get rid of these negative things in your life, whether it's um, you know, addictive behavior or you know, just garbage food that you have a tendency to eat or whatever it is, like, I, don't, I don't care if this is nutrition, relationship, whatever. If you are cleaning up old behaviors, old thoughts, Getting them out of your house, you need to replace them with new thoughts, new beliefs, new behaviors. And why I'm saying that is, think about this. Think about me and Anthony are roommates, and one day I decide I don't like the furniture in the house. I'm going to get rid of all the furniture in the house. So I take it all downstairs to the storage to the storage um, room, and I lock it all in there. And and now I go upstairs, I sit on the floor. Anthony gets home. We sit on the floor and we're like, wow, this is great. We got rid of all that old furniture that, you know, the hand-me-down furniture that we didn't need anymore. The place looks so much cleaner, but there's no furniture. So then what happens is it's all right right away. Next day I get up and go to work. Anthony's staying home today. He works from home and he's like, damn, I got to, I want to sit on a chair. So there's no chair to sit on. So he goes back down to the storage room and brings up a chair. Well, I get home and I see Anthony sitting in the chair and I'm not going to sit on the floor when he sits in a chair. So I go down and get a chair. Well, now we're hungry, so you know, food's ready. Let's get a table real quick, too. We kind of build a little kitchen table in the living room. Next thing you know, we're pulling everything back in. All of that old stuff that we got rid of is now right back where it was. We thought we got rid of it. But because we never replaced it, it's still there. And that's exactly the same way your thoughts are. You can get rid of these negative thoughts. You can get rid of that, that negative emotion and the negativity in your life. But unless you replace it with something good, with something positive, you're running the risk of allowing that to creep right back in. Dude, that's so true, man. Like it's in that, and it, 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 that happens sometimes, you know, and I've, yeah. I went through it too, where it's like, you have to constantly just beat, beat that thing off like a dead horse, you know? And I always like for a long period of time, I always referred to it as um, the demons that keep coming back because for a very long time, I kind of felt like they were always pulling at my, pulling like at my pant leg, you know, like all the time. Like I would have those bad thoughts and they're there pulling on my like, fuck, the demons are very strong today. And it's really funny because I haven't used that analogy for a while. Mm -hmm. And I just thought about it right now. Like I haven't used that for a very long time. And even though it's a struggle some days to be a positive and happy person, which it would be with anybody. So it's not automatic. Okay. It's not automatic. You have to work at it. Um, but those demons, you know, they're gone for the most part, you know, they're gone. I don't feel them around me anymore. That's really funny. It's the first time I actually said that out loud. Huh? And it's just, uh, and I can totally attribute that to the past year or so that I've had, you know, I've met some pretty amazing, wonderful people. I'm on the path. I spent the last year 
taking five different certifications, spent thousands of dollars on certifications. I was reading, like I was back in school from someone who barely graduated high school, who never went to college. Like I'm reading educational books, paying all this money, passing all these tests on my own. Mm -hmm. I took that on myself for a challenge because once again, right, I have to replace my downtime with something positive, not just Netflix documentaries. You know, like as fun as that may be sometimes, if I'm not learning anything at this state and stage in my game, if I'm not learning, I'm losing. Mm, absolutely. And that's, that's just how I've been playing my life out in the past, you know, one to two years. But this last year has been straight growth. And I'm telling you, man, it's just, you got to get into that, that mindset. And 2020 is going to be a silly fucking thing. I can tell you that right now. If you're not growing, man, you're dying. Yeah. That's the truth. Um, and one of the things I wanted to, to comment on to Anthony said, those demons are gone and, and, you know, I don't want to tell him what he's feeling or anything like that, but I noticed that, you know, with demons that I have or with clients that I work with and demons that they have is that I don't think they ever really go away. I think that they, you always deal with the demons, whether you have a binge eating past or whatever it is, you always deal with those demons. They're always going to be in your head. And what happens is over time, you just get really good at making them a non-factor. You get really good at ignoring them, at tuning them out. And I feel like that with um, you know, a lot of the belief systems that I'm working on now and, and working on rewriting the beliefs, reprogramming my brain. It's, it's, I'm always going to have these, these beliefs in my, you know, like someone cuts you off in traffic naturally it's natural to think like, ah, oh, you son of a bitch. Like, you know, like right. get irritated and mad. Like that's always going to happen. But over time, as you grow and get better, you just get really good at kicking that guy off your shoulder at, at shutting them out at letting them not affect you. So, you know, what, what may feel to you, Anthony, like those demons are gone. I think that you've probably just grown so much that those demons are such a small problem a small factor in your life now because you're now a, you know, and, and this is one of the books I'm reading. If you are, you're, you're become, you've become bigger than the, your problems. If you are say a level three, you know, on a scale of one to 10, if you are a level three person looking at a level five problem, that's a huge problem. If you're a level eight person looking at a level five problem, that's nothing. So I think what's happened over time is you've grown like those, those things, they're so insignificant in your life now, but I don't think they're ever gone. And anybody that's listening to this at home know that it's completely okay to still have those negative thoughts, but it's how you handle them. It's how you let them affect your life. That's really going to dictate how those thoughts affect you. Um, anything you want to add with that? Dude, I love that too. And thank you for the kind words always, man. It's, it's always nice, to, nice to hear an outside perspective, you know, um, especially from a brother. And it's just, it, it, it's 100% true, man. It's, we do focus a lot on a lot of things that are out of our control and we make those problems that are out of our control. We have no control over them. We make them so damn big and it's, we make them just big daunting thing. And it's like, no dude, like, listen, listen, there, it, that is 100% out of your control. Why are you focused on that? And that's going back to what we said earlier, you know, a while ago about the external factors in your life. Like, why are you allowing things to be so big that they overshadow your own life. One thousand percent. And it goes back to like, dude, what, what do you, what's your self worth, man? Like you're letting something that, that small, 
take you over, let it take time from you. Time's all we got, dude. <laughs> and then we don't get that shit back. You can't buy that on Amazon. You can't buy that shit yet. And time's fleeting, man. And if you're not living your life every day, you're, you're going to miss out because you ain't coming back in the next life. We all know that. This is the only life we're living, man. You ain't coming back. One of the things I think is, you know, and I, that's came to mind when we were talking about replace, you know, thinking about everything that's negative or the weights in your life and replacing that with lifters or things that are positive in your life. One of the things that I want to give you all an exercise, everybody that's listening to this, I want you to write this, these instructions down and I want you to practice this on your own or, or work through this on your own. Write down two lists on the first list. I want you to write down everything in your life, person, place, object, thought, activity, whatever it is, every single thing in your life that is a weight, that brings you down, that stresses you out, that makes you irritable. And make a list. I don't care if there's four things on there or 400 things on there, but make a list and identify, get crystal clear in everything in your life that is a weight. And on the other side of the paper, draw a line on the middle. And on the other side of that, write out a list of everything that is a lifter in your life. Write out a list of everything that makes you feel good, that brings positivity to your life, that, that, that relieves stress. And, and where this came from is one of the exercises I've been doing with a lot of my clients who I've noticed stress management is an issue is I'm, I'm having them work through this exercise in, in terms of stress. Write down everything on the left side that is a stressor in your life. If your messy car is a stressor, if your nagging husband is a stressor, if traffic jams are a stressor, write that on the left side. And everything that you can possibly think of on the right side, that is a lifter now and, and, or that relieves stress. So if that's walking, meditating, journaling, praying, working out, um, eating pizza, drinking beer, whatever it is, everything that relieves stress, write that on the right side. That's where that came from. And it's been doing wonders for my one-on-one -on -one clients because then what we do with it is we take it to the next level and say, all right, what things on the left side can we slowly work to get rid of? Now, we don't want to get rid of them all right away. We would like to, but it's not going to work. It doesn't work like that. We're going to slowly work them out of our lives, one or two at a time. And what we're going to do is look at the right side of the paper and see which ones of these are the low-hanging fruits to work into our lives effective today, right now. And as we slowly do that, what happens is your life continues to go up, 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 because you're getting rid of all the weights and you're, you're incorporating more lifters in your life. So it works with the stress, stress management stuff. I've been loving it. And I think that this is a great way to use it in terms of just positivity, negativity, things that make you feel good, things that make you feel like crap. So anybody that's listening to this, work through that exercise. And if you, I'm going to extend myself right here. If you work through that exercise and you share that list with me, I'm taking the first five people to share that list with me and I will get on a 10 minute phone call with them and talk strategy as to how we will do that. The best approach to work through some of them low hanging fruits and get rid of some of those weights and bring in some of those lifters. So again, the first five people to email me their list with both, both sides of that list, I will schedule a 10 minute phone call for free to work through that with you. I think that's a great idea, man. And I'll definitely extend it and do the same. I think now is the time to do that. We're three days into the new year. 
do it now because I guarantee most of the stuff you write on there, it will be all the same things you carry in from 2019. Oh my gosh. And 100%, right? And the big thing is that Josh said, and I love how he said it like this is, this is the 100% utmost truth. Pen and paper, guys, there is something physical with you writing it down and letting it call you on your own bullshit right in front of your face. You can think about it in your head all you want, but when you write that shit down, you're, you're essentially calling yourself out on all the BS that you have. And you get to see what's actually going down. And be fully transparent with it. If you're about to write Uncle Joe or Aunt Sue on that line that they're, they're awake, write it down. Don't think twice. They're not in the room with you. They're not gonna, they're not gonna, their ears aren't gonna twitch and be like, oh shit, someone's talking about me. They're not gonna know. Write mm-hmm. that shit down. Yeah. And what Josh just said too, you guys reach out to us when you do do that. I'll back that up too. Josh essentially just called me out also. I'll do the same exact thing. We'll schedule some phone calls up. We'll get you on the straight and narrow. We come up with the plan and it won't take long. Trust me. The way we break these things down for you, it won't take long. Listen to everything that we've been saying on this podcast so far. We have a couple different options, a couple different answers to all the questions that we kind of came up with here on the fly. And that's a great thing. That's just how we're thinking. And it's, it's very hard for you to think about these easy ways. We think they're easy. Nothing's easy, let's just say that. But we think of these, these easier ways to do things because this is what we do. We've been down that road and we walk it like we talk mm-hmm. it. And I think that's an amazing thing that Josh has put out there. So like, once again, guys, make those lists, throw those lists our way, whether you want to DM them to us or email them to us, you guys, we're going to help you guys out and get you guys some free phone calls. And that's exactly what we do here. And I know it's kind of running late here, dude, but Josh, I want to say thank you so much for giving me your time, your energy, your friendship, man, means a lot to me, bro. It really does. And um, it's weirdly crazy. that our paths did cross and that our stories did cross. And I'm a firm believer in that happened for that reason. And uh, that's exactly why we're doing this podcast. So I want to say thank you so much um, for you to even come on here, man. And where, where can people find you at and throw them your, um, your email too, so they can get a hold of you. I want to start by saying thank you so much for, you know, being open to doing this, this kind of unorthodox podcast recording like this and, and two for being, allowing me in your circle to have me as such a close friend. And I, I really look up to you and, and I value our friendship so much. So thank you so much for that. Um, and another thing, I'm just going to throw this out into the universe, but I have this weird feeling in the back of my head that we are going to be doing public speaking events together at some yes. point in the future. I, I don't know where, I don't know what about, but I just, I, I, I have this weird feeling that, something is going to come of that. So if anybody has any ideas, bottom line, I just want to speak in the same room as Anthony. So if anybody has any ideas that can get me in the same room, like let's, let's talk. Um, But with that, again, that exercise wholeheartedly mean it. If you work through it, please give it some thought, take some time on it and get crystal clear in everything in your life that is, could possibly be weighing you down, creating stress, causing irritability, crystal clear. And then everything in your life on the other side. And be specific too. If, if you put Uncle Joe, put why. Uncle yeah. Joe's negativity. Uncle Joe's annoying wife. Whatever it is. Like right. put it. Because when we hop on that 10-minute call, the very first thing I'm going to ask you is, all right, which ones are going to be most practical for you to, to get rid of? Which ones are the low-hanging fruits? So if you're specific, if you're crystal clear, we're going to have a more productive call. But again, that's, that's, that's something I just thought of on the fly. 
we do that as coaches. We're, we're constantly working in this every single day. Someone presents a problem to us on a coaching call. We've got to think quick. How can I, how can I turn this lesson into an exercise that's going to create value and create an impact? And that's exactly what we did there. So again, first five people to respond to either me or Anthony with those, um, actually, I guess the first 10 now, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so five each. So the first five people to respond with their responses, thorough responses, we will personally schedule a free 10 minute call with you to work through that and, and talk about how we can level up your life right away. Um, that being said, to wrap this up, because we've been talking forever, dropping a mad value. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Josh Pierce Nutrition. It's P-I-E-R-C-E Nutrition. Um, Facebook, Josh Pierce. I have the Fit to Be Fierce podcast, which some of you may be listening to right now. And uh, of course, the Facebook community as well, Fit to Be Fierce with Josh Pierce. So don't hesitate to reach out. My email address as well, as well is josh at joshpiercenutrition.com. I keep it simple. I tell you every single email, everything in my inbox gets a personal response. Some lucky people even get a video response. So uh, don't hesitate to reach out. If this podcast affected you, impacted you, impacted you in any way, please let us know. Please write a review. Do something to let us know because otherwise we don't know what is helping you, what you guys like to hear or anything like that. And I got to say, when I brought Anthony on to my podcast last time, the outpouring messages and feedback I got was amazing. So many people reached out and said, this is exactly what I needed to hear. I heard this at the right time. And that was powerful for me because that inspires me to continue doing stuff like this and to continue putting this kind of stuff out there because I know people are listening. I know it's helping people. If I know it's adding value, I will single-handedly go out of my way and create more of it. So that's where you can find me. That's what I uh, like to see. That's what I'm asking of you is just let us know if this has affected you or impacted you in any way. Uh, that's all I've got, man. Thank you so much for having me on. Dude, you're more than welcome. And you guys definitely go give Josh a follow on Instagram. He drops mad content all the time. And it's always, always, always 100. And guys, go listen to the Fit to be Fierce podcast. Dude has on amazing people. And each person brings so much amazing <laughs> positivity and motivation and actionable items that you can do throughout your days immediately when you're done listening or when you are listening they're calling you out essentially calling you out on everything just go go do and stop thinking about it you guys you guys know where i'm at and please go give uh, fit to be fierce a five-star rating get subscribed to it you guys screenshot your favorite part of this podcast and share it to your story man we love to see anyone's response about it whether it's negative or not just leave a comment man what what part helped you what part picked you up what part made you feel emotional? Like we want to know about all that because at the end of the day, we do love you guys. And like I always say at the end of my, my podcast is thank you guys so much for your time and your energy. Literally without you, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. And without you, Josh and I would have never met. Without you, this podcast would never be possible. So guys, thank you so much once again. Josh, once again, dude, I love you like a brother. Thank you so much for giving me your time and energy today. And uh, we will talk soon, my man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care.